Amen. We have a wonderful music today, don't we? Let's all stand up, please, as uh, we turn our Bibles to the book of Genesis. So, uh, uh, this is the final message uh, for this uh, summer camp, and uh, I hope that uh, if there are still spiritual needs in your heart, it's my prayer that it will be settled today. Genesis chapter 19, and I will be reading beginning verse 15. The book of Genesis chapter 19, starting verse 15. So we're going to look at a very familiar stories in the Bible about the life of uh, Abraham and Lot. Let me begin reading in verse uh, 15. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the man laid hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him. And they were brought him forth, and set him without the city. And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life, look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain, escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And Lot said unto them, O not so, my Lord. Behold, now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me, in saving my life, and I cannot escape to the mountain lest some evil take me and die, and I die. Behold, now this day is near to flee unto, and it is little one. Oh, let me escape. Peter, is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow this city, and I will not, and for, thy, for thee which thou hast spoken, haste thee, escape Peter, for I cannot do anything till thou become Peter. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zoar. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. Verse 26. But his wife, 
look back from behind and she became a pillar of salt. What a tragedy. God has provided a way for this man with his family to escape. However, they did not obey all the commandments that God told them to do as they escaped. And Mrs. Lot looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Our Father, we thank you for a very um, meaningful come. Many messages of God have been heard. Many decisions have been made. But we know the God that those commitments that we made should not end on this building. But as we leave this place, please give us grace and strength to be able to put them into actions, Lord. We are weak. We are not capable. But with your help, I know the God that we could be able to fulfill all those commitments, all those promises that we made. I pray to God that this camp will not be in vain. I know the God that these people have sacrificed a lot. They paid a lot of money, drove for so many miles. And they have set aside some other important things to give way for this camp. And I pray to God, please don't fail your people. I pray to God that all those sacrifices will turn into a blessings. Help me now, dear Father, as I deliver this message. May you put words in my mouth that it may minister to our needs. For this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, and please be seated. I know that uh, um, we've met, and you have introduced your names, but uh, I'm so sorry that I could not remember all your names. But uh, I will never forget this moment that we have been together, and it is my prayer that that uh, this encounter that we have will uh, have a lasting uh, effect, and that we will treasure those time we have together. I said. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow may never come. But we have this moment to hold each other's hand. Whether we like it or not, time, opportunities pass by. And there will come a time that 
our children has to go and find their independence and be in a place where God wants them, them to be. But don't miss every opportunity that you would create memories that will last for eternity. Because you can never go back. That's why make every moment very special, very precious. There are so many things that you cannot do when you get older. While you can play with your kids, while you can eat with them, while you can hug them, do it. Because there will come a time that you can no longer do those things that you enjoy while you are young. Every time I get invited to preach, I always try to consider to attend because that might be the only time that I could minister. That's why, what a blessing to be here today. And so we will be going back to California tonight, but we will care with us, though it was just a very short uh, time together, but I promised that we will always be praying for you. And so I hope that if there will be another opportunity for us to come here, I would still be seeing you, and uh, I hope that we're going to have more people. Amen. Amen. My message this morning is all about what keeps holding you back. It is a question. What keeps holding you back? Well, we're going to study here a person and there's a lot that we could learn from what happened. How often we hear some Christians say, can I do something wrong and still be a Christian? Can I be with my worldly friends? Can I go to this kind of party and still glorifies God? Can I wear this kind of clothes? Can I listen to this kind of music? Can I have this kind of relationship and still maintain my spirituality? Can I indulge in his pursuit and maintain my good testimony? So these are questions that could really make us to realize what is the best decision we have to make? The right choices we have to make. Man was created to be a free moral agent. Nobody is forced to do 
something that you refuse. That's why man is responsible for whatever action that they make. And if you make wrong decisions, nobody else to be blamed but ourselves. We will all be accountable to our own decision. The story of Lot and his family is a good study lesson. Why did his wife linger for so long? Why was she indecisive? What keeps her holding back? I would like us to go back to uh, uh, the previous chapters in chapter 13. And I believe that uh, you have read this story maybe a lot of times. Uh, we also teach this during Sunday schools among the kids. And so Abraham was called by God to get out of his country and go to where God wants him to be. But he decided to bring along with him Lot, his nephew. And to make the long story short, they have been blessed so much that the place that they dwell was not enough to contain all their livestock. And so they decided to separate ways because their servants are already fighting against each other. There's so much people involved and so they decided to split. And Abraham said to Lot, if you're going to take the plane, I'll take the mountain. If you go to the mountain, I'll take the plane. Lot was given the privilege to choose where to go. Just like any other Christian, we always want to take the easy, easy part. And so when he looked at the plane and he looked at the mountains, he said to himself, I want to take this plane because there's so much water in it and there's so many people. And then when he decided to go to that plane, he didn't realize that there was a twin city that was, that was very close to that plane. And so let's just fast forward for a while here. Let's go to chapter 13. In verse 10, in chapter 13, in verse 10, and Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plains of Jordan. It was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So in this story, Sodom and Gomorrah seem to be very close to the plain of Jordan. And so he lifted up his eyes. And how many times 
we have been deceived by our eyes. Sometimes what the eyes see is not at all the reality. Just like the prodigal son, one night he was looking beyond the window. He was enjoying the company of his family. But perhaps he was, the, the lifestyle was very routine. And so he wanted to try something new, very curious. And out of that curiosity, when he was looking at city from afar, he said to himself, oh, let me try that place. He wanted to go to a place where he has never been. Be careful with sense of curiosity. What does this feel to have this relationship? And sometimes we get easily influenced by people. You know, this world is filled with hypocrisy. Some people try to appear to be happy. But in reality, they are not. Those are just cosmetic joy and happiness. Because we know as Christians, our joy is in the Lord, not in the world. And so the, the prodigal son decided to ask from his dad all his inheritance. And his dad did not prevent his son to go away. Okay? You can do whatever you want to do. Of course, it's not in the story that the father tried to advise him, but uh, maybe he tried. But the prodigal son was very determined. And so he went away. And you know the rest of the story. That the prodigal son lost everything. His money, his self-respect and dignity. Why? Because when you see things from afar, they appear beautiful. They appear wonderful. But when you get closer and closer, you begin to see that it's really evil. Sometimes that's what sin is all about. It's sin is sweet-coated. But inside it's bitter. It's poisonous. And you will only come to know of its evil consequences the moment you commit. And so, look at Lot. He lifted up his eyes. Temptation begins with the look. The same thing that happened to Eve. When Eve saw the fruit of the forbidden tree, he thought that it must be good. Be careful with your eyes. 
the devil is still using the same method of temptation, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Be careful. And it did not stop right there. In verse 12, after looking at the plain of Sodom and Gomorrah, verse 12, and Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the city of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. I want you to take note of the word pitch. It's the same word, he settled down very close to Sodom and Gomorrah. Sometimes, well, it will not hurt, it will not hurt me. Maybe just a taste of sin. It may not do anything wrong. Maybe first time. But you don't realize that there will be second time. There will be third time. Be careful, young people. Sometimes it would start with just a holding hands. And you don't realize you have been hanging and kissing and dating. You must realize be careful with your look don't you ever pitch towards Sodom. Don't stay so close with sin. Draw the line. Let your yea be yea. Let your nay be nay. Because nobody will ever respect you if you don't respect yourself. Nobody is strong when it comes to temptation. When you get closer to the fire, it gets hotter and hotter. The same true with temptation. When you get closer to Sodom, don't dwell near Sodom. Sodom and Gomorrah are a picture of sin and temptation. When you know it is evil, be careful with your curious, curiousness. Be careful with the look. Be careful with your feeling. And did not stop right there, but look with me in verse 14. After his look, and then he pitched in the, his tent toward Sodom. And verse 14, And the Lord said unto Abram after that Lot was separated from him was the next one he got separated from a godly man you know what the devil is trying to do he will isolate you he wants you to be in a place where nobody can see you young people aren't you glad to have godly mom and dad don't you ever go away Stay close with godly men. Lot decided to separate from a godly man, a man that is blessed by God, a man of faith. 
But Lot decided to separate himself from a godly man. Choose your friends. If you are going to, if you are praying for a lifetime partner, never mind the look, never mind the money. Look at the heart. You know what? Look a man. We look at the. You know what? Before you get inside Sodom, turn around and go back to Abraham. Abraham is a picture of godliness. Go back to your senses. Every one of us has a spiritual senses. Don't forget that. And that is spiritual senses must always be strong, clear. And how do you strengthen your spiritual senses? By reading your Bible. By listening to godly messages. By prayer. You know, the problem is some people are weak and yet they don't read their Bible. Some people, some young people are easily tempted and yet they don't pray. If you know that temptation has become so strong and intense, run to God for help. Now, listen. And here, because Sovereign Gomorrah was, was a very, very wicked twin cities that God decided to destroy. But God in his mercy even asked Abraham, should I, could you imagine a God asking Abraham if he could destroy Sovereign and Gomorrah? And Abraham said, Lord, please don't. Okay? I will. I, w I want if you could show me 50 righteous men. And Abraham went back to the city and began to make head count. And he could not find 50 righteous men. He couldn't find 50 godly people. And he came back to God. And you know there's a tough story. There was a negotiation, 40, 30, 20, and down to 10. I think it even went down to, yeah, 10. So meaning to say that even Lot did not maintain his testimony and his godliness. What would you expect when you are inside? Sodom and Gomorrah. What would you expect if you are get into sin? Folks, listen to me. There is nothing good in sin. There is nothing good in Sodom and Gomorrah. The Bible says that the flesh is unprofitable. What advantage 
what good does it make when we live in sin? When we live in world, does it help? No. It doesn't help at all. To make the long story short, so God decided to destroy Sovereign and Gomorrah. But he wanted to save Lot and his family. And so, from the text that we have just read, the Lord sent some angels to bring them out of the city. Could you imagine God still cares for him? He lived a rebellious life. He lived an ungodly life. He compromised everything. And yet, my dear friend, his grace is greater than sin. Aren't you glad? Because God is still care even if we don't deserve. I just hope that God, our heart, could be softened by His love. Now listen, I believe that even Lot deserved to die with the Sodomites. Lot deserved to perish with these people that have become so evil. And yet, my dear friend, I want you to know, even after we make a lot of mistakes, God is still willing to make us new. I want you to know, God does not want you to live in sin. God does not want you to live in worldliness. God does not want us to live in immorality. Do not deprive. Listen now. Don't deprive yourself from enjoying worship. Worship is enjoyable. But to those people with an evil heart, every time they would come to church, their heads are bowed, guilty all the time. Why should you be guilty all the time? Why don't you ask God to change your life so that every time you come to church, you would say, Amen, because... Your life is in tune with God's word. Why should you go home heavy, with a heavy heart? Why should you live the rest of your life in guilt? Why should you live for the rest of your life in sadness and loneliness and, and being grieved all the time when you can have a smile in your face because you know that you're living right? And glorifying God. Don't deprive of so many promises of His blessings that you can enjoy. You know, if you are right with God, you're going to enjoy serving God. I don't care if it's hard, it's difficult, that if your heart is right with God, there is nothing too hard. Because even hardship, if your heart is right with God, it's going to be enjoyable.
even to the point that you are even happy in sufferings. Go to a place where God could bless you. Amen? When we were kids, I have a grandfather who was very, very gracious. He gives away coins, candies during Christmas. And he would fill up a jar with coins and with candies and he would invite all his apu. And my grandpa started to throw those candies, throw those coins. And some kids cannot cut any because they are not where those coins are falling. If my grandpa throw those candies on the side, we have to go on that side. Don't stay out there because you cannot cut any candies. Be in a place where God can bless you. If you are in this place and you know that there is no blessing right there but problems and heartache, so why should you be there? Be in a place where God can bless your life. Elijah asked the people, how long hold ye between two opinions? Don't be indecisive. Don't linger so long. Is that thing you are wondering about slowing you down in the race of life? Is that relationship impairing your spiritual progress? Ask yourself, what's going on? What's happening in your life? Is that habit impairing your church involvement and affecting your performance? Is your worldly philosophies and beliefs create arguments and dividing the church? Is your lifestyle causes confusions and offenses? Have you been losing your joy, excitement, enthusiasm in coming to church and your church services and involvement? What keeps holding you back? Hebrews chapter 12 in verse 1, Wherefore, seeing we have also are compassable with so great cloud of witnesses. Remember those saints who are gone before us, that is including Pastor Max Mendoza. He is now a part of the cloud of witnesses. Although I believe that Pastor Max is not omniscient. Maybe he does not know exactly what's happening, what's going on. But one thing that I know, he's praying for every one of you. You have a good friend in heaven. You have someone interceding for you. He is a part of the great cloud of witnesses. Pastor Max does not want you to fail. 
He doesn't want you to sin. He doesn't want you to backslide. He doesn't want you to live a worldly life. He is praying for you. I believe that He remembers all your name. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. If you are preparing to run a race, you don't carry a set of scuba diving on your back because extra weight will slow you down. You must learn to travel light. In the same way, if you want to run in the race of life, you must take off those extra baggage. Let us lay aside every weight. Anything that hinder, hinders your service, give it up. Any friendship that will try to affect your relationship with God, give it up. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. The word expedient means helpful. All things are lawful, which means that you can do anything that you want, but not everything is helpful. Friendship is a blessing. But are they helpful in your spiritual growth? Another job is your right. But what if it is affecting your service? Because you work so hard that you have no time to come to church. And if ever you come to church, you're sleeping during the worship services. You can buy any kind of clothes that you want. That's your money. But do you have to buy any kind of clothes? You have to choose what to wear. You can go to any place that you want. Relaxations, pleasure, but not everything is helpful. I've always tell to our people, you know, if you want to relax somewhere, please come back on Sunday because there is no better place that you can ever be but in the house of God on the Lord's day. You can go to the beach, you can go to the park, or wherever you want to go. But not all things are expedient. If you have ever been doing something and wonderful and wondered whether it was allowable for you as a Christian, I want you to consider these four questions. Number one, does it build me up? 
my spirituality. If you have plans, if you have some thoughts in mind, would you please consider these questions? The first question is, does it build me up, my spirituality? There might be something in your life that tears you down because it tears you away from the people of God or dulls your hunger for the Word of God. Because if you want to really eat good food, don't eat junk food before the meal. The same too in our Christian life. You have to understand the main thing is the main thing. Don't take any spiritual junk food that affect your spiritual growth. Everyone must be concerned of their spiritual health and be careful with what you eat. There are things we take and that will spoil our spiritual appetites. Number two question, does it bring me under its power? Does it bring me under its power? The first question, does it build up my spirituality, relationship, friendship, material things, pleasure, attitude, whatever you call it. Yes, it is your right to do whatever you want. You have all the freedom, but always remember, use your liberty for your own advantage. Does it build up my spirituality? Does it bring me under its power? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not, take note of the last part, but I will not be brought under the power of any. I don't want to be under the power of anyone or anything but Jesus Christ. I don't want to be under the power of drugs, power of vices. I don't want to be controlled by the world system. I don't want to be under the power of television, social media. I don't want to be under the influence of worldly people. Get out from things that will enslave you. If something is getting a hold on you, then maybe you need to cut it loose. Galatians 5.1 Stand fast therefore. Look at this one. Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. We are free men. God has already set us from this slave of sin, from the clutches of sin. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bandage. That is our past. Every one of us, we have our own 
history. I have my own share of worldliness. I used to smoke. I used to drink a lot. I used to gamble. I used to have a lot of friends. But when I got saved, I came to realize that God set me free and He wants me to enjoy this freedom, new freedom that I found. The Bible says that if you are saved, you begin to you begin to separate yourself from the world. Just like a dog, he would vomit out those food. But when he became hungry, he went back to his vomit. And that is a picture of a Christian who got saved, got his chains, but then he went back to his old, old life. It was worse than the beginning. Don't be surprised. There are Christians who have done greater sin after they're getting saved. And what is really very bad, right? I mean, so disappointing that, you know, when we were Catholics, we are even better than when we became Baptists. When we were Catholics, we don't care about the, about the priest. And we know that the priest is having all of this worldly affair, and yet you would still go and take the communion, and you would say, Father, thank you. Just a simple mistake of a pastor, then you become critical. And you begin to accuse everyone. You don't care about the life of people when you were in your old religion. We don't criticize the drunkards, the womanizers, everything. Folks, listen. We have to live up with that name Christianity. Christianity is not like a robe that you can put it on and put it off. Christianity is not a brand name. It's a lifestyle. It's not like a a jacket that when you get home, you just hang it there, and when you get out, you put it on. But my dear friend, listen, you cannot take off the robe of Christianity. You have to wear it every single day. Whether you be at home, at work, at school, you are a Christian true and true. Don't appear Christian when you are only in church. Well, just like in our devotion, the test of Christianity and godliness is when you are alone. It's just so easy to act like a Christian when people are looking at us. Amen. 
But when we are alone and nobody is looking, the pastor is not around, the elders are not around, the deacons are not around, my mom and my dad, they are not around. And there you are all alone in the dark. And you are no different with other people. Verse 13, For brethren, you have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty, for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Third question, do I have an, an easy conscience about it? Do I have an uneasy conscience about it? Romans 14.23, For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. If you do anything you believe it is not right, you are bringing yourself as an easy prey of the enemy. A seed of thought can grow into an act when, un, when act is repeatedly done becomes a practice and lifestyle that eventually leads to a destiny. To him that knoweth to do right and doeth it not, to him it is sin. There are two kinds of sin in the Bible. The sin of commission and the sin of omission. When you say the sin of omission, it means that you did not obey the commands of God. But when you say commission, that you committed something beyond God's standards. We violate a principle. We violate a law. But they are the same. Yes, you might not be committing a sin, but you are omitting a command. And these, these are both sin. Let us be responsible to avoid to do anything that could spiritually stumble someone. Oh, that's the fourth one. Could it cause another Christian to be stumbled in his or in her faith? Now, these are tests of becoming more responsible in our walk with God. Could it cause another Christian to be stumbled in his or in her faith? Let us be responsible to avoid to do anything that could spiritually stumble someone else. Romans chapter 14 and verse 15. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkers thou not. What's that? Let me look at that. Romans 14 in verse 15. Romans chapter 14 in verse 15, it says here, let me read these verses, all right? In verse 15, but if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably, destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. And then in verse 21, it is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine nor anything whereby thy brother is stumbled or is offended or is made weak. 
be careful with what we do that it does not offend or make other people become weak. You know, this is where we have to be applying what we call self-discipline. There are things that I wanted to do in my life, but I am, I have to consider the people around me. I have to be sensitive with the feelings of others. Not because that this is what you wanted, you just want to do it, no. One thing about family is that we consider it's other. And Mrs. Putifar was so fast that he was, she was able to grab the robe of Joseph. At least. But don't you ever let the devil outrun you. Run as fast as you can. Are you living comfortably with the world that you have forgotten who you are and what you are? Have you forgotten that we are pilgrims and we are citizens of heaven? We are peculiar people. Are you having so much fun that it would keep you from God? Don't let anything hold you back. And don't let anyone hold you back. Jesus said, follow me. 2,000 years ago, he was saying this to his disciple. And it is the same principle. He's trying to, he's, he isn't saying stand back and admire me or have good thoughts about me. But he is simply saying, come follow after me. In Luke chapter 9 verse 62, and he said unto them, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. I am not saying that to be righteous, to be spiritual, is a way of salvation. You have to remember that we are already saved when you turn your life to Jesus and you have confessed him as your personal Lord and Savior. But you have to remember faith without work is dead. And one of the work of faith is to overcome sin. And it takes efforts and determination to overcome the world. Let us be reminded of the realities and devastating effect of sin. Listen to this. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. Sin leads from drink to drunkenness. I remember the first time I got drunk. You know what? It was just one bottle of beer. And 
And later on, I began to drink two bottles, three bottles, four bottles. And I never realized that that small taste of beer will lead me to become a drunkard. One good trait of the devil, the devil is very patient. That's true. Hindi nagmamadali ang jablo, nagaantayan. And he's always waiting for the right time to attack. When you are near Sodom and Gomorrah, you are most vulnerable. The devil is waiting for that moment that you become so weak. When you don't read your Bible, when you don't pray, when you don't go to church, when you don't even come to worship God, you better watch out. Don't stay away from Abraham. Did you know that your involvement is one of your best defense against the world? Get busy in the work of God. Idleness is the devil's workshop. Find something you can do in the church. Ask your pastor, Pastor, is there anything I can do? I want to be involved. Ask him to teach you how to win souls. Ask him to teach you how to preach. Folks, listen, there is so much work that we can do. If we are actively serving God, the devil is not going to work in us. Sin will take you farther than you wanted to go. Sin leads from dating to adultery. Sin leads from cigarettes to cancer. Sin leads from high to addiction. Sin leads from a joke to a perverted mind. Another one is that sin will cost you more than you want to pay. Did you know that sin is very expensive? Eh, isang asawa lang ang magastos na. Dagdagan mo pa. Immorality is expensive. Why should you waste your hard-earned money for something that would not benefit your spiritual life? You get to remember, it is the Lord who gave you wisdom and strength and breath and energy to work. Give back to the Lord. The world has not done anything good for us, my dear friend. It was God who gave us time. It was God who gave us all our resources. Why should you spend your resources to the world? Let us honor the Lord. Let us show Him how much we appreciate His blessings. Since checkout price is always higher than the advertised price. You can have all the thrill, but you will pay later. 
How many times we have sinned. Sin costs job. It costs reputation. It costs peace of mind. And even health. Another principle, sin will take you where you do not want to go. Nobody has ever planned to destroy their lives. Nobody planned to destroy their relationship. Nobody has planned to destroy their career. But because you are not so careful with that sin, it costs you almost everything. Sin will take you where you do not want to go. Sin took the prodigal son to the pig pen. Sin took Absalom and Judas to a tree. Sin will take you to a gutter. Sin will put extra wrinkles on your face. Sin will take you to the unwed mother's home. Mental institution and cancer ward. Sin will keep you longer than you want to stay. You know, Pastor, I've never, never realized that this is going to be my life. I never realized that I, this is going to be, have the, all this problem. That's what you thought. That's why, listen, sin is very deceptive. Sin invites you just for a visit, but now you have become its resident. In closing, let's go back to Lot. The instruction was very clear. When God began to judge sovereign Gomorrah, keep going forward. Don't look back. How in the world that Mrs. Lot was so much in love with Sodom and Gomorrah? Be very careful. You might be so comfortable with sin that you keep on looking back. What keeps you from moving forward? Let me give you a story about a certain man by the name of Napoleon Bonaparte. Napoleon Bonaparte was a great navigator who wanted to conquer the world with his elite army. And they were actually facing an enemy as they tried to conquer a kingdom. Napoleon Bonaparte decided to anchor the ship far from the shore. And he decided and commanded this man to swim toward the shore. 
so that they won't be detected by the enemy. But as soon as they reached the shore, they realized that they were outnumbered. And they started to fight for their dear life. While Napoleon Bonaparte was giving the order to move forward, some of his men was tempted to go back to the ship. They saw the enemies. So many. And they were outnumbered, outpowered. And the men began to swim back to the ship. And this warrior said, I want you to burn the ship. And he ordered one of his men to set that ship on fire. And he said to his men, My men, there is no ship for you to go back. We have only one direction to go. We have to move forward. They were able to win the battle because they burned the ship behind. Many of us are not getting any further. We are not making any progress in our spiritual life because we keep going back to the ship. Burn the ship behind. Burn the bridges behind. Detach yourself. Set yourself free from any attachment with the world. And you're going to see how can you be a very potential child of God. There is so much potential in each one of us. We have great potential. You can preach. You can win souls. You can give. You can sing. So much that you can do. But my dear friend, my question is, what keeps holding you back? Examine your heart today. And maybe you can start assessing your life and write them down. What are those things that keeps holding you back? Burn the ship and move forward. Is there anything that is destroying your relationship as a husband and wife? As I had said, it may not be evil in nature. I have someone there in Dubai when we, when we were in Dubai ministering. One of our preachers are fond of uh, having this firing. You know, we would go to Ras al Khaimah, and he invited me one time. You know, we fired all kinds of guns. There was even a machine gun. And you know what? How much he would pay every time he would go to the firing field, firing range? Thousands of dirhams. It was fun. It was good. But you know what? His children began to rebel. His wife began to rebel 
because he has money to have fun with the guns, but he could not even provide enough for a decent home and family. Well, that's not evil per se. It's just for pleasure. And to him, it helps him, you know, get out of the pressures. But it's not helping his family. It's costing him a lot of money that deprive his family of their basic needs. And I begin to tell him, Brad, you better stop this hobby. And he listened to me. And he saved a thousands of dirhams. And then he started to provide well for his children. And their children, when they grew up, they were very, very thankful because they have seen their dad becoming more responsible. Maybe you have a hobby. Maybe you have extra curricular activities that is hindering your service, that is hindering your spiritual life. Maybe you have friendship out there. Whatever is that, you know it. You know yourself better than anyone. Are you spending so much money for passion, for makeups? And you're not giving much in the offering. I'm not against, you know, uh, I mean, I like Starbucks. All right? But I cannot just stay spending money for so much money for coffee and my offering for mission is only $10. How that we spend money so much for food, for drinks, but look at our giving. It's not increasing. Your missions is only $5 every week, $10 every week, $15. But you don't care if you spend so much money for... Let us be fair with God. What keeps holding you back, Christian? The work of God is enjoyable. And that joy must be seen in our lives. Amen. Amen. Let me share another story before I end up, okay? There was a boy. He came home and he said, Dad, we have a school project and it will cost us a good amount of money. And his dad said, you know, son, I don't have money today. But you know what you can do? I want you to climb up that mango tree. And you can see those ripened mangoes. Harvest all those mangoes and go to the market and sell. And you have the money. Early in the morning, the boy prepared himself. And he climbed the tree and he began to pick up those ripened mangoes. And so he was able to fill up his bayong, his basket. And he prepared himself. 
He took a bus going into the marketplace. And he found a place, perfect place, so that he could be seen by people. And he opened up his basket full of mangoes and began to sell. Mangoes for sale. And he's trying to get the attention of these people. Come on, try this mango. They're very sweet. But you know what? It's already noontime. And he wasn't able to sell a single mango. So he feels so frustrated. And he said, I better go. And so he took up his things and then he decided to go home. While he was inside the bus, he fell hunger. And he said to himself, I don't care it will be a bad idea if I'm going to eat some mangoes. After all, these are my mangoes. And he began to peel that mango. Alam yung sa Pilipinas, parang hindi natin ini-slice eh. Parang binabalatan natin na ano ba yung ice cream na And so, while he was eating that sweet mango, you know what? The Jews, you know, running down right there. And so, and he took another one. And he began to eat the mango. But one thing he didn't realize, those people are looking at him. And then one after the other, boy, are you selling that mango? Yes, sir. Yes, mom. And before he reached the house, all mangoes were sold out. Let me ask you this question. Why? Why that boy was able to sell all the mangoes? Because the sweetness of that mango was seen in his face. Sometimes people don't believe in us because we don't even show them how good it is to be a Christian. How joyful to be in the service of God. We are like that boy selling mangoes. We are preaching God's word. Let us show to people. Let us walk our talk. What keeps holding you back? Let us all stand up. Our Father, we thank you.